passes, hit well, into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the final Angels Recap Podcast of the 2020 regular season. My name is Trent Rush. Excited to be with you here today as the Angels go into the final weekend with their playoff dreams still alive. It is crazy the way the Angels have battled here in the last month, especially the last 20 games. How about this? The Angels at 14-6 and in their last 20 games. That is the best record in Major League Baseball in that time since September the 3rd. Uh, nobody has shown more fight and heart than this Angels group, who at one point was what, 9-22, and and this team has battled all the way back to give themselves a chance at the postseason going into the final weekend. Pretty crazy. I wanted to spend a little time today kind of laying out the situation for the Angels and uh, what their playoff hopes do look like here heading into this final series against the Dodgers uh, beginning on Friday. Now, here's the thing for the Angels. I just want to say this right at the top. Their playoff odds are still not great. Fangraphs gives them a 1.5% chance. That's a percent up from where it was about a day ago, but that's the thing. Just keep all that in mind. It's a serious long shot for the Angels to try to get in. That being said, said, boy, it's been fun to watch this team battle and stranger things have happened in sports. And, um, you know, I, I'm one personally that is not someone that's going to be all caught up in watching every game and taking it for, oh, are they going to make it? Or are they not going to make it? I think you go crazy if you think like that through every single game. However, if you can take the game for what it is and appreciate the run that the Angels are on and just enjoy that, you know, for the Angels, the playoffs started two weeks ago. It's like every game is felt critical in that time. And uh, things looked really bleak for a while. And while they still don't look great for the Angels to go to the postseason, I am so encouraged about heading into 2021 about what this team has shown, the fight that this team has, and you're seeing great players emerge and develop here. I mean, you talk about you know another great season of David Fletcher, and it's pretty clear to see what he brings to a major league club. We don't even talk about Fletcher anymore because we just know who he is and what he does, and uh, that has not escaped anybody. It's just been confirming that this guy is a gamer. How about Jared Walsh and his emergence here in September? We're going to talk more about Jared Walsh a little bit later on. Um, we're going to hear from Taylor Ward a little bit later on, and he has proven um, in the last month that he's got to be in consideration uh, for the big leagues as things finally start to be uh, coming together for Jared Walsh and the way this guy has performed. Uh, the Angels are getting you know great starting pitching performances. Jaime Berea, I know in his last start against San Diego, only went two innings, but you know for the most part, Berea has been a gamer for the Angels out of the uh, rotation this year, and you know obviously Dylan Bundy has been that. We know who Andrew he he is Griffin Canning is, is pitching really well late. He, he's showing his best stuff here. It just makes me it makes me wish even more that this was a full 162 game season. I, I know, I know there, I, I know all the reasons why it's not. I, I just can't help but think, man. 
if only we could see 162 of this team because you love the fight, you love the heart, and it really could be special. And, you know, maybe we just have to wait an offseason, and we can see that again next year. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too hung up on, oh, man, if only the Angels wouldn't have blown all those saves early or had those poor starting pitching performances or the offense didn't go dark in August at times. You cannot think like that. Um, the what-if game is is a tough one. There's a million what-if scenarios. What if the Angels didn't go one and five in Arlington? Um, you know, what if they didn't get you know didn't have a, a poor series against Seattle early in the season? All those things. Uh, you, you can play that what-if game all you want. I don't like to play it very much. Um, you, I, you can think back to some of those moments, but for me, it's about focusing on what's ahead. And the Angels have three games against the Dodgers team that has already locked up uh, the top seed in the National League. They're already the NL West champs for an eighth straight year. So, um, you know, you, the, the Dodgers really don't have a whole lot to play for other than getting guys right heading into the postseason. As for the Angels, obviously they are scrappy and hungry and trying to fight their way into October and what a job they have done in their last 20 games winning uh, 14 of them so that has been really encouraging to see the way that this team has absolutely battled here's the scenario as it stands right now as we're recording this here on Thursday uh, the 24th of September the Angels as it stands right now are two and a half games out of second in the American League West and they're three and a half games out of the second wild card with three games remaining now the reason why they're still alive it's because to Toronto still will play four more games. They get the Yankees today and then three against the Orioles. They have to lose all of them, and the Angels have to win all of theirs. However, if that scenario comes into play, the Angels do have the tiebreaker over the Blue Jays. Also, the Angels have the tiebreaker over the Astros. So Houston can still win a game, but that's it. If they win more than one game, or if the Angels lose any games, that's it, and it's over, and the Astros go on. Now, in the back of everybody's mind, too, Seattle does need to lose a game here in this final weekend as well. And Seattle, uh, because they own the tiebreaker over the Angels. So that's going to be something uh, to keep in mind for Seattle. And they have three games left. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are going to be playing a three-game series over the weekend against the Oakland A's. So Oakland, again, has locked things up. But they're trying to make sure that they get a better seating in the playoffs. So uh, Oakland obviously trying to win in that series. So uh that's something to keep an eye on. You know, you would need the Angels would need Oakland to beat Seattle at least once uh, to uh, make sure that they, you know, take the tiebreaker away and officially eliminate the Seattle Mariners. But uh, for the Angels, again, the odds are not great, but that is the scenario. Those are the possibilities. The Angels still do have a chance to get into the playoffs right now. And again, tip of the cap to the job that this Angels team has done to battle to get to this point. It is so telling. It, it, it's telling for me of the players. I think it says a lot about Joe Madden. And it also shows that, you know, when you have this, a new regime that's come in and Joe and bringing some of these coaches over from Chicago and, and some of the guys he's known throughout baseball that have joined these staff, it takes time to create that culture and to have it right away. And the Angels did not have it right away. But now you're seeing some of that start to come to fruition here. And, uh, you know, pitchers are finally looking better. I mean, if we were at the end of May right now, I think we'd all be thrilled with the Angels having a 20-game stretch of being 14-6. and six. But here we are in September. 
who the Angels, having a postseason that started two weeks ago, playing hard every day, trying to compete and trying to get in. And uh, I tell you what, it's fun to watch from my perspective, and I'm sure uh, many of you guys feel the same way. I just don't want to play the what-if game because um, you will actually go crazy if you do that and think about some of the games the Angels lost earlier this year. That It's still like inexplicable. How did that happen? But you focus on what's in front of you, and that's three games against the Dodgers beginning this weekend in the Lexus Freeway Series. Now, the big news from earlier this week was Andrelton Simmons opting out of the rest of this season, and uh, the Angels had this to say about Simba's decision uh, to opt out the rest of the way. The Angels said this, quote, Earlier today, Andrelton Simmons informed the club that he has chosen to opt out of the remainder of the season. This year has presented unique challenges for many, and the Angels respect Andrelton's decision. Again, this was on Tuesday. Andrelton said this uh, per his agency, per source, saying, quote, I have made the decision to opt out of the remainder of the season. Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association developed an environment and system that empowered players and provided us with the opportunity to decide on whether to play or opt out of the season. At this moment, I feel this is the best decision for me and for my family. We don't know what the future holds, but we would like to sincerely thank the Angels organization and Angels fans for welcoming and making us feel at home. You know, it's really just a shame that we didn't get a chance to see more of Anthony Rendon, Andrelton Simmons, and David Fletcher together. All three of those guys dealt with injuries this season, and when they were on the field together, the Angels were 8-7. and seven. Uh, We don't know what is next for Andrelton Simmons. Again, his contract is up at the end of this year, so uh, hard to project, hard to guess as to what's going to be next for Simba, uh, but we do know that while he has been here, he has sure been fun to watch and is a tremendous talent, and uh, no matter what happens uh, down the road, maybe it's back with the Angels, maybe it's somewhere else, we absolutely wish Andrelton Simmons all the best uh, one way or another. Now, one of the biggest surprises this season, I know Jared Walsh, we talked about last week, and he has been unbelievable, but what Mike Myers has meant out of the Angels' bullpen has been just insane. And I was talking with Terry Smith about this, too, is that you could really compare what Mike Myers has done to what Scott Shields was for the Angels way back when. We remember you know, the multiple-inning guy and invaluable late in games that did so many things so well. Uh, there are a lot of similarities that uh, I actually talked with Joe Madden about, too, and he seems to agree with that. Is Mike Myers has really been a throwback kind of reliever being able to go multiple innings, and this guy is a straight-up gamer. And a big reason why he has been able to have that kind of success is because of a new pitch that he has learned this season, and that's the cutter. But you think about this, at the time we're taping this, he's got a 1.57 ERA and has retired 46 of the last 51 batters that he has faced. Yeah, safe to say Mike Myers has been remarkable for the Angels, particularly here in September, and is a huge reason why the Angels are as of this moment, still in the playoff race. Mike Myers, a huge role in that because he has really shortened the games. He has settled down the Angels' bullpen by being that stabilizing force at the end and has made other guys better because of that. Boy, Mike Myers, you cannot say enough about the job he has done. But it was pretty interesting to hear uh, from Mike Myers talking about where this new pitch came from. I saw on Instagram... Roy Holiday, the, the, the ball that um, Mariano you know, traces fingers uh, for, for Roy. And, you know, it, it seemed very simple, um, kind of really fit my mindset where it just kind of grabbed the ball and, and let it rip. And, 
and it, and it had some cut to it. And so just kind of tinkered with that. But basically, yeah, that's that's how it started is, is on Instagram. When it comes to the way that you've been able to produce this year in just so many different areas in this bullpen, it seems like uh, you've had a lot of different roles here early on. What has that been like for you adjusting to uh, different situations that Joe has put you in? Well, it's really no different than the past. Um, I don't know if I've ever had a set role in the big leagues. So, you know, just uh, especially in the National League, the National League's a lot different, um, you know, with, uh, hitting for the pitcher and, uh, you know, kind of once the bullpen gets going, um, guys can get out of role, I feel like, a little bit quicker. Um, and so um, basically just trying to stay ready and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, the first couple innings, uh, you know, kind of went over the hitters mentally while I'm sitting down there in the bullpen, and I, and I feel I feel prepared uh, in any situation. What's it been like for you to have this kind of success this season? I mean, the strikeouts are, are way up this year. You haven't been giving up runs. Uh, you seem like your command has been there. Just for you, it seems like things are clicking. What has that been like? Um, it's it just, honestly, it's – it's been awesome to see everything uh, put together. Uh, in years past, I feel like I've I've been close. Uh, I, I know maybe the numbers maybe hadn't said that. I think 18 maybe was a little bit better, but uh, I've been close. Um, but I, I felt like I hadn't been able to fully put it together. And I just I feel like this offseason, you know, I attack things a little bit differently, just uh, mentally, you know, just uh, getting my mind in the right place. Uh, I started working with my brother-in-law, uh, Josh Sear, who's the strength coach for the baseball team at Kansas State, and and really just focus on becoming the best athlete that I could um, in, in the weight room. Um, and, and I feel like that has allowed me to um, have better command um, because in the bullpen, you can have days you feel good and you can have days you feel bad. And uh, or maybe not bad, but not so great. And... Uh, I feel like just being athletic as you possibly can uh, out on the mound allows you to, you know, consistently command the ball. And then also for you, I know that this bullpen at times this year uh, has had some ups and downs, and that really has, hasn't been a secret. Uh, but while you continue to have success, what has it been like in this bullpen trying to uh, find different ways to, to have that success at the end of games when that has been a bit of a challenge this year? Uh, I think first and foremost, I think we have some some really good arms down there. Um, some guys maybe that they haven't had the success um, that they were hoping to, um, that have had success in the past. Uh, but but I don't. I, I think that we we have really good arms down there, and I think that you know just working through that adversity uh, is only going to make us you know even even better going forward. Um, and, and I feel like it's one of those things too in this sixty game sprint that things are even more magnified, um, you know, from, from basically day one, you know, everything, you know, every game matters. It's kind of more like that college baseball, baseball mentality. Um, so, so you don't necessarily have a chance to, to, to work through some of that adversity and figure some things out because everything's uh, definitely amplified in the 60 games.
Well, Mike Myers has risen to the occasion, and I know that there's always a debate like the pros and cons of social media. The way I see it, that is a big-time pro for social media right there that uh, Mike Myers picking up pitching tips off Instagram and uh, has seen that translate to the field. Uh, Very, very cool. And, uh, boy, again, you just cannot say enough about the stabilizing force that Mike Myers has been in the back of the Angels' bullpen. You talk about stabilizing forces. Mike Trout is one. And, you know, every September, you get into this conversation of Mike Trout in the American League MVP race. He is every single season. Uh, This year might not necessarily be a favorite in the race, but uh, there's no doubt he surely is still in that competition. And we talked with Mike Trout uh, about the MVP and just how bizarre this 60-game season has been. With, you know, the 60-game season you talk about, does it make things a little bit strange to just be even thinking you know, I know you're not, but we are thinking of awards right now, just in a shortened season like this. Does it feel any different? It definitely feels different. Um, just the whole season has been different for me. Um, you know, the fans, the no atmosphere in the fan, the no, no fans in the stadium has been the toughest adjustment for me. You know, uh, just, um, you know, you, you, the interactions and the, the adrenaline and the, the, uh, the atmosphere that brings the excitement and, you know, you, you come into the plate in a big spot. Uh, there's so much, so much crowd and crowd and, uh, noise that you can pump up to get your blood flowing a little bit, but it's, it's just, it's just a, like you said, it's definitely crazy to think about all the awards and everything in a short season, but, um, obviously, um, there's got, there's going to be something. So, uh, it's just been a, a weird year for us, for me too. And also what's been different this year is, you know, there have been a lot of different players to join you in the outfield. A lot of guys getting their first experience at the major league level. How do you feel like your role as a mentor on this team has helped with some of these guys coming up? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just like when I came up, I had Tori, I had Vernon, uh, a lot of veteran guys. Um, you know, a lot of these guys that are coming up, Ward, Adele, uh, even Thysa was in the outfield for a little bit. And uh, I think Washi's out there tonight. So. Um, you know, just learning. And the main thing is just talking, you know, communicating. You know, the last thing we want to do is have a collision out there, or, you know, running full speed for a ball. But, uh, you know, if we communicate and, um, you know, everything will be all right. But like you said, just just learning experience. Everyone's asking questions, you know, to me, to Jay up. Um, you know, it's good. You know, everybody wants to learn. It seems like you've played a little deeper in the outfield this year. Do you feel like you've you know, the way you've played center field, do you feel like it's been different this year because of maybe some of those things? Uh, it's definitely different. Um, you know, uh, some of his positionings are definitely a lot different than I'm, uh, I've, you know, used to playing. Um, you know, it's all statistics based on, you know, positioning now, um, now than it was when I first came up. And obviously you got to know where you know, it's it's different playing with guys in the outfield that you they, you don't know their tendencies. You know, get to get getting to learn their tendencies, and uh, you know, just it, it's definitely different. It's just a learning curve for everybody. You know, it's been pretty clear uh, this season for Mike Trout that that has been an area that has been challenging for the Angels just because, you know, when you're used to having Cole Calhoun, who's such a great defender next to you for so long to your left, and and now it's kind of been like a revolving door over there, it's tough to get that continuity, particularly uh, in a short season like this when you don't have as much time to get that familiarity. And here we are in September. The season's almost over, um, but really, like, we should be in, like, the mid to end of May right now. So, again, 
again, I, I can totally understand uh, why that has been tough for Mike Trout. But, you know, part of it, too, is different guys have had to be, been out there because you got to get some bats in the lineup. And he mentioned on that particular day that Jared Walsh was out there. And I, we spent a lot of time last week talking uh, about and with Jared Walsh and his success this season. But the overall numbers this year, a 309 hitter, uh, eight home runs, 23 RBI. Uh, but all of those home runs and RBI have come in the month of September. And for Jared Walsh, I mean, the numbers are just ridiculous here this month. He's batting 368 with an OPS of 1204 this season. And the reason why I can see this translating for the future for Jared Walsh, one, he's a little bit older and he's 27 years old and has grinded through the minor league system and never got the benefit of the doubt once. When you're a 39th round pick, you never get the edge. That's just part of how it goes. And to say he's a late bloomer is an understatement because here he is at the major league level having great success. But also, look at his minor league numbers. Look at what he did in AAA a season ago with Salt Lake last year. He ends up batting 325, has... How many? 36 home runs, 86 driven in, an OPS over 1,100 in AAA last year. That tells me that the numbers are real, and this is not just a fluky month. Do I expect Jared Walsh to have you know every month be a month like what he's had in September? Absolutely not. But he has proven, uh, just in terms of longevity and having good minor league career numbers, that he can do this at the big league level. I mean, he's a lifetime 301 minor league batting average and OPS throughout his minor league career of 913. I look at numbers like that, and, and I see that translating for Jared Walsh in the future, and the Angels may have found their answer long-term at first base. Who's to say? And maybe if that's the case, then Albert Pujols can DH some more next season, and we've heard Joe Madden talk about Shohei Otani, and, and he's, he's going to try to pitch again next year, and we'll try to figure that out when that time comes. But also, you know, he's young enough to maybe he can learn a position and ends up uh, providing something defensively to get that bat in there. But, you know, for next year, it would sure be nice to have Albert Pujols be able to DH more and maybe Jared Walsh uh, can help uh, relieve some of that pressure at first base by uh, playing some first base for the Angels. You know who else has been really good and a late major league bloomer and again it's a totally different circumstance with Walsh being a 39th round pick but Taylor Ward a former first round pick drafted as a catcher back in 2015. You talk about the ebbs and flows of a career. Uh, Taylor Ward has been up and down and um, it has been tough for Ward to find some continuity here at the big league level, but again, he's uh, 26 years old now, and he's hitting 304 this season, and since he has been back up from the Angels alternate training site in Long Beach, he has provided a ton to this Angels team, and here's Taylor just talking about some of his improvements that he's made and made when he was down in Long Beach getting ready to come back to the big league level. I, th- I think this year I'm just the smartest player I've been, you know, in the box, sticking to my plans. Um, now that I have this mechanical side fixed or turning in the right direction you know it's just kind of what I expect honestly even early on in the year I thought you know hitting ball is hard you know and they were just getting scooped up and now I hit a ground ball and and there's no fielder there you know it's just like kind of the way the game is and and you know it could be like a little luck as well but I've definitely found my groove with you know where I was last year in AAA and now like I said doing it here just keeping it the same and you know same game And we all know, too, the importance of the mental side of baseball. And Taylor Ward also talked about the way he's improved in that regard as well. 
we have a, a great site guy um, with us and, and he's, he talks about the sixth tool, you know, and that's your mind, you know, sharpening that and, you know, little negative things, you know, b- baseball can hit you in the face sometimes. And, and honestly, you can get jabbed in the face all the time. So you got to like keep those negative things out and only focus on, you know, the process and the positive, positive stuff that's going to get you back to, you know, where you were when things were going well. So since I've been up and down, I haven't really gotten the time to um, hit it off with him. But this year has been that time where, you know, started with the club, got to talk to him every day, um, went down for a little bit and then came back up and we just continued our conversations and, um, you know, just that even keel mindset. It's huge. So there you go. Maybe that's a big reason why Taylor Ward has had the success he has had this season. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks for joining us all season long. We're not going to go too far away. Once this season comes to a close, we will be with you uh, for one more podcast next week to uh, wrap up the regular season and what things have gone on. And also, uh, maybe if the Angels do make the playoffs, we'll keep this podcast going as long as the Angels are still alive. And then we'll pick things back up, probably in November for Halo's Hot Stove when we can start breaking down all of the offseason action and what the Angels will try to do heading into the 2021 season. Of course, you can listen to Halo's Hot Stove on Angels Radio AM 830, just like you listen to Angels Recap after every Angels game on AM 830, the home of Angels baseball. What an exciting run. This has been three games left in the regular season. The Angels fighting their very best to get into the playoffs. It's been a pleasure to watch. I am fine up about it and I know that you guys are too so uh, thanks again to Mike Myers and Mike Trout for giving us a little bit of time today appreciate Taylor Ward uh, spending some time with the media to be able to check in as well that's it for me I'm Trent Rush thanks to everybody that helps us out putting together the Angels Recap Podcast and thanks to all of you for tuning in listening subscribing giving us ratings and reviews you guys are the absolute best can't thank you enough really appreciate that what a season it has been and it's not over yet heading into the final weekend Enjoy it, and we'll touch base next week. See ya.